Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Um, the only thing stable in our life is Jesus Christ. Everything else is sinking sand. Everything else is, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know who's telling the truth, who's lying. It's just, uh, you, you look around the world and you, and you see all these people that are supposed to tell the truth. They are lying to you. And so you, you can't even go on the internet and believe what you read anymore. Even some of that stuff is that they scrub the internet of truth. And so you're, you're trying to find truth. Um, I, was, I was looking at something this week uh, with some of the new AI-generated stuff where people can actually superimpose your face and your voice on somebody else and actually say you were someplace you weren't. And because we live in such a society that people are, are believe images and people believe videos and people are so used to looking at that stuff, you can actually believe something that's not true you can now with AI, you can just say, draw me a picture of me skiing in Switzerland or something. And they'll, and they'll draw you in, and you can post that up there. And people say, when were you in Switzerland? And because it's literally that convincing, you can actually have voiceovers on other things. And so it's really becoming harder and harder to discern the truth. And I, I, know, I know that it's a hard word to use the word deception, but there's a lot of deception out there. And, and, and we just have to get closer to God and know his voice better than every other voice. There's lots of voices. And the, the more that I listen to dual voices, the more confusion comes. But the more I listen to his voice, the more clarity comes. The world is going to be deceived. That, I said that a few weeks ago. Deception is here. The world is going to be deceived. When you've got people who don't even know what they are, um, you've got a deception that's at, at just major proportions that are just off the charts. And so we don't even know who we are anymore as people. So we got people that are just confused about life in all levels. But Jesus, when Jesus speaks to us, he settles everything within us. Everything gets settled. And uh, when I look at this story in 1 Samuel, it's a very interesting struggle that God's having with Eli uh, the priest who was there and his two sons, because his two sons were also priests in chapters 1 and 2 of 1 Samuel 3, or excuse me, 1 Samuel, chapters 1 and 2. And, and God was not happy with them because they were liars, because they were cheaters. They, would, they did things that were terrible um, sins that were moral sins. And these were supposed to be people that are representing God. And Eli, for his role in it, um, he did not discipline his sons. He should have disciplined them, but he decided to put family above God. And when you put family above God, you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to allow things that God won't allow. And it's hard. Sometimes putting um, God above family, you, you, it, it is a choice. And sometimes people will say things to you. and You have to be willing to say, yes, that's true. God is more important. I'm not saying church is more important. I'm saying God is more important. Understand what I'm saying. God is most important. There's nobody more important than God. And he will give you grace how to handle things. But it's, there's, there's just, in this story, God was done with Eli. God was done with the, with the sons. He was done with them. They, were, they had just gone too far. They didn't represent him well. And he had actually told Eli at the end of chapter 2, he said, I'm done with you. I'm done with your sons. 
and I'm bringing somebody new on the scene. I believe there's some parallels to today. God's bringing in a new generation on the scene. Then there's a new generation that God is calling for. There's a new people that God's calling for that are tuned to the voice of God, that want the voice of God, that want to hear the voice of God, that want to do the will of God. And I really believe if you really want to hear God's voice, you can. But there's a process to it. And I want to talk about that because uh, there's many people who will say to me, I, I just want to hear God's voice. And they struggle hearing God's voice. And these can be good people. But understanding there's a process to being able to really hear God's voice. And how does God speak to me? And how do I know that he wants to speak to me? The first thing I'll tell you is God wants to speak to you all the time. God is always interested in talking to us. The, the, the challenge for us is, are we interested in, in, in letting him speak? How many times have you prayed and you haven't even given God one minute to say anything? You told him your list, but did he tell you his? You know, God has a list. Tell somebody next to you, God has a list. You're like, what, what did he just say? I wasn't paying attention. God has a list. You know, we come to God and we have our list of things that we want to talk about. God, I need you to heal this. God, I need provision here. God, I need help with this. I need help with that. But you know, God's got a list of things he wants us to do too. And there's a list that God wants you to follow through. There's things that God has. There's plans. There's people that God wants you to meet. There's people that God wants you to share his love with. There's things that he wants you to give, and just like you're this morning. There's a give, giving portion to this. There's praying for people. There's things that, you, that God wants us to do for him. I look at my life as an assignment, and I say, I've said this to people a lot lately. My life's full of assignments. My assignment I have on Sunday. My assignment I have on Monday. My assignment I have on Tuesday. My life is just full of assignments. What's my assignment today? What does God want me to do? It you know, for me, it takes the pressure off of trying to accomplish some big goal or trying to be something big or something that somebody else wants me to be. When I, when I live an assignment-based life, it just makes it easier for me to follow the will of God. What's your plan? It's not that I can't have goals. I can have goals, but at the end of the day, I want to do the will of God. At the end of the day, my goals may come to pass, may not come to pass. I don't care. What I do care is that his goals come to pass and his will comes to pass. But in order for me and you to do his goals and his wills, we have to know how to hear his voice. And starting in verse 1 in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, he kind of sets the stage, and, and, and this makes sense when you understand the time. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. There was no widespread revelation. There was no vision. There was no hearing. Why is that? Because God hand chose a few people to speak through. He didn't speak to everybody. See, we're New Testament believers. We are New Covenant believers. When Jesus came, he, he separated the veil. It gave us direct access to the Father. You don't need me to talk to God 
back then they needed a priest. They needed somebody who could talk to God so that God could speak to them directly. But today, you don't need me to hear from God. You need me to help teach you the word and train you to do the work of the ministry because that is my job. But you don't need me to hear from God. You don't need a word from me. You need a word from God. We get enamored with words. We get enamored with people that can prophesy a word or tell us a word. But the truth is, it's much better if you can get a word for yourself. And you can hear from God for yourself. Now, you need to check it. You need to make sure that it's biblically accurate. You need to make sure, because sometimes we hear things, and we can hear voices, and we can hear words. And this happens to everybody who tells the truth. This happens. You can hear things, and you think, was that from God? No, it wasn't. Was that in my mind? Yes, it was in your mind. Was that from God? No. Was that from the enemy? Yes, it was from the enemy. So not everything I hear is from the Lord. I have to train my ears to hear from the Lord, and I have to question things that come into my hearing, and some things might not be from the Lord, and I have to lay them at the altar of God and say, God, what are you trying to say? What do you mean? Is this something? Is this just me? Is this my mind? Or is this you? Is this something you're trying to say? So during this time, um, there was very rare did God speak to anybody. It was rare. There was no widespread revelation. There was no widespread visions. It did not happen amongst the people. It happened with a few priests. And even the priests now are compromised. The Eli and his sons, they're compromised. So God wants to speak. God looks for vessels to speak through. He's looking for the next person. And he says, the next one up is Samuel. And so God wants to speak, but now he needs to train another generation to be able to hear his voice. He now needs to train them because he had trained Eli and he trained his sons, but he needed to train this next generation. How do I hear the voice of God? How do I know the voice of God? And, you know, I could probably preach a message like this every three to six months because there are so many voices in our life right now that we get so confused so easily, especially if you're a person that spends any time on social media or you spend any time in research or you spend any time on Google or you spend any time in any of those areas or you listen to things on the news. If you do any of that, that's a voice into your life. Anytime you listen to the news, that's a voice. Anytime you read social media, that's a voice. Anytime that you Google something, that's a voice. People you talk to at work, that's a voice. And so there's so many voices in our lives but the truth is, most of those voices I can't trust. It's not because maybe the people are good or bad. It's because most of them aren't hearing God's voice. And they could have a good idea, but it's not God's idea. They could have a good answer, but it's not God's answer. They could have a good suggestion, but it's not God's suggestion. And so hearing God's voice takes time. It takes work. It takes a process to hear God's voice in order for me to be able to come with whatever assignment God's got for me today or assignment he has for me tomorrow, I have to know his voice in my life. I just can't make stuff up. And so here is, here is Samuel and he's trying to hear. And as I said, I'll repeat this again. You and I have direct access to God. So we live in New Testament times. We live in the New Covenant times so we now have access to his voice. We're able to hear God's voice. 
I, I, I love pastors. I love ministers. I love prophets. I love men and women of God. But I can hear God's voice as well as they can. Just tell the person next to you, you can hear God's voice too. You know, I think sometimes the reason why we struggle hearing God's voice is it's easier to blame somebody else than to blame yourself. Because if somebody else told me to do it and it doesn't happen well, it's their fault. But if God told you to do it and it didn't happen, now you have to, you and God need to have a conversation. God, I thought you told me this. And there's going to be times you're going to feel that God tells you stuff and you're going to go and do it and it's not going to work. Those happen to all of us. And it's important for you to realize that God is always working on us and through us. There are times where God is working through us in, in humility. There's a humility that we need to walk in. You know, pride can be a really bad thing. And we can find ourselves, well, I, I know how to hear God's voice, and I know God said this. And sometimes God didn't. And sometimes you just have to realize, maybe God wasn't speaking to me that. And just humble yourself and just give it to the Lord. And so as I look at this process, I go into verse 2. Let's talk about how to hear God's voice. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was lying down in this place, when his eyes began to grow dim, so dim that he could not see, he was going blind. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Eli said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So Samuel went and laid down again, and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli said, No, I did not call you, son. Lie down again. I want to stop and point out something in this passage, because this is, I believe, something that gets left out in verse 3. So it says, Eli was lying down in verse 2, and, and then he says, Before the lamp of God... Went out, So we know it's nighttime. Before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down. That reads a little clunky in this version, but as they were preparing and, be, and, and rest, it's, what it's saying is Samuel and Eli lived in or right near the temple of the Lord. They were right there in the tabernacle. They were right there close to the tabernacle of God. They were in a, a, a room adjacent or a tent adjacent, depending on how it was built then. But they were in a place where they were so close to God, so close to where his... Because God, um, uh, the Spirit of God, resided in what was called the Ark of God. There was a Spirit of God that resided there. And so there was this tabernacle um, that was built to basically housed the Spirit of God, and the priests would go in and meet with God. Uh, but it was a very holy place, and there was a process to going in. And Samuel, it said he ministered before the Lord in verse 1. So Samuel had access into God's presence, and Samuel had access into 
the way you get in, the way that you would get into the presence of God in the Old Testament, I believe, is still very similar to New Testament, only it's there it was more natural and spiritual in that it was a physical building. Bible says we are now the temple, and so we can access differently. But understand, there is still the same process. Hebrews talks about the pattern of things in heaven and earth. It's the same pattern that we have, and the pattern there that is important for us to understand. I want to walk you through, because this may help some of us. How do I hear God's voice? Because if you just sit down uh, tomorrow morning, you wake up and you go, okay, God, I want to hear your voice. You're probably not going to hear his voice. And so what is the pattern? And I've taught on this. I looked up my notes. I, I taught on this back in 2017. I think it was last time. I teach a little bit on it in Origins. But I talk about the pattern of the tabernacle and walking in. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I want to give you a quick outline of understanding. For some of you, this will be revelation for you. Understanding the process of how do I get close enough to God's voice to hear his voice. And so with the tabernacle, the way it was built, there was an outer court, there was an entrance. And we know the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So step one, the first stop, is the gate of thanksgiving. You want to start to access God's voice, you want to start to hear God's voice, your first stop is always come in with thanksgiving. Come in with praise. Come in, well, you know, I'm not much of a praiser. I'm not much of a worshiper. Become one. Become one. Take some time at home and become a praiser. Become a worshiper. Because that's access. You, get, you need that access into God's presence. God inhabits the praises of his people. So if I'm going to get close to God, I need to know how do I get into his presence first. Before you can hear God's voice, you need to know what his presence is. I'll say that again. Before you hear God's voice, you need to know his presence. I can't know his voice without knowing his presence. Now, can God sovereignly skip the process and tell me something? Sure. God is God. He can do whatever he wants. I'm talking about you going to God and you accessing God. There is a process for you to go to God and how you need to hear from God. And so we enter, step one, we enter, step one, with thanksgiving. Then we come to stop two. Stop two is the brazen altar. Stop two is the cross. It's that place of sacrifice. It's that place of identifying with Christ. It's that place of realizing, without Christ, I am nothing. With Christ, I have everything. And it's recognizing, I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. It's recognizing, Jesus Christ is everything to me. And it's that brazen altar of sacrifice. It's that place of recognition. It's, it's going to be really hard for you to hear God's voice if you don't even want to serve him. So that's stop two. Stop three is the laver. And the laver was a basin of water. And the basin of water was a place where they'd go and cleanse themselves. And they'd go and wash up. You say, well, pastor, I already asked God to forgive me three years ago. You need some washing up to do today. Between three years ago and today, I'm sure there's some things that need to be cleaned up. You, you know, Jesus was the only one who was sinless. You are not sinless. You are not divine. And so if you're going to access the presence of God, 
God does not, that God inhabits the praise of his people, but God is a very um, serious God when it comes to sin. And God deals with sin. And so when you come into God's presence, don't be surprised if God puts his thumb on something and says, hey, we need to deal with this. And you might say, well, I wasn't here for all that. But you want God's presence, you're going to have to deal with some things. This is what keeps people away from God's presence. This is what keeps people away from God's word because they don't want to deal with certain things. God will keep taking you back to the same thing. We've talked about this already. We've talked about this for a month. We've talked about this for a year. We've talked about this for five years. When are you going to give me that person? When are you going to give me that situation? When are you going to release this? When are you going to release that? When are you going to ask for forgiveness for this? When are you going to ask for forgiveness for that? God will keep bringing you back, which is, again, a form of speaking to you and saying, we need to deal with some stuff. And that's just getting into the first part of his presence. When I come into God's presence, I'm made aware of sin. I'm made aware that there's stuff in my life that I need to deal with. It's one of the quick scans that I do. I feel like I'm walking through a TSA x-ray machine at the airport. All those, those are probably not that good. But I feel like I'm walking through an x-ray machine and going, okay, God, what do you see? Is there anything? Because sometimes, the Bible says, sometimes the heart, it can be deceitfully, deceitfully wicked. You don't even know. I didn't even think that was in my heart. Or I thought I already dealt with that. Or I thought that that was already. But God knows what's in your heart. So as you're going in to that place of the labor and you're washing up, God's saying, I want to show you some things, but you need to get cleaned up first. See, God has a process. And if we understand the process it makes it so much easier rather than go, I've asked God to speak to me and he won't talk to me. And you understand, oh, wait a sec, there's a process. I need to go in with thanksgiving. I need to make sure I'm serving Jesus. And I need to wash up. And to make sure that I'm ready to hear what God's got to say. I don't want to have mixture in my ears. I don't want to have dual voices in my ears at the same time, because then I'll get confused, and God is not the author of confusion. As you step into the fourth stop, the fourth stop is the veil of holiness. And as you go from the one room to the next room, there's a veil, and the veil of holiness is a place that you're entering in, you're saying, I'm ready to hear, I'm ready to go to the next level with God, and my life is holy, it's poured out before God. If there's anything in your life, I've got to go back to the labor and just make sure that i got things cleaned up. You say, Pastor, how often do you do this? All the time. All the time. I'm just so used to it now that I, I move through those steps very quickly unless God stops me. But I do this literally all the time because I want to make sure that I hear clearly the voice of God. This world is way too crazy right now. And it is too confusing. It is easy to be deceived. It's easy to be duped. It's easy to be tricked. I know nobody wants to believe you can be tricked, but the, even the word of God says in Revelation, even the elect will be deceived. There's gonna be, or the, the elect could be, but even people will try to, most people will be deceived. Most people will be deceived. Most people will be tricked in the end times. Most people will be fooled. And so understand that where this world is going Unless you have the, uh, unless you have clear 
access to God, you will probably live in some sort of deception throughout your life. And you say, Pastor, that's, that's not fair. I'm not saying it's fair or unfair. I'm just saying that's the reality. Because you've got to follow the process. How am I going to hear God's voice? Step five is the candlestick. Step five is where the light of God is. Step five represents, the candlestick represents the Holy Spirit. Step five, step five means I've got to get myself filled with the Holy Ghost. I've got to spend time being filled. I've got, step five, the light represents revelation. This is the beginning of revelation. This is the beginning of being able to see. Whenever God uses a lamp or uses a light, it's, he's talking about revelation. He's talking about vision. He's talking about opening our eyes. And so when you see the lampstand that's in the, the, the next room, it's in the inner court, it's in that holy place, you see the lampstand in there, it's a place of revelation. It's a place of tapping into the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit's voice, being able to pray in the Spirit. I encourage you, pray in the Spirit as much as you can. If you can pray 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, an hour a day, Pray in the Spirit. Keep tapping into the Holy Spirit as much as you can and, get, and let him illuminate some things into your spirit. The next stop is, is the stop that is the table of showbread, which is the Word of God. So not only do I need the Holy Spirit revelation, I need the Word of God. I've got to spend time in his Word. I've got to spend time talking, listening to God's Word, reading God's Word, one of the great revelations that will come out of God's word is don't just read it with your mind, read it with your voice. As you read it with your voice, just when you're reading God's word, just say it out loud. And then take it to another level. Don't just say it out loud, pray it out loud. And as you begin to pray the word, revelation will come because all of a sudden you'll begin to pray things that is, is underneath the meaning of that word. Before you realize it, you're saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God, I thank you. You're my shepherd. I thank you. Everything I need is in you. I thank you because you're my shepherd. You've got everything that I've got. Lord, you are my shepherd. That means you watch over me. That means you protect me. That means you shoo away all the people that try to harm me. That means because you're my shepherd, I have everything that I need. That's why you pray the word. If you never read the word, you don't have the foundation to stand when you think you hear from God or you think somebody else may have heard from God because you don't have enough of the word. And, and do yourself a favor. Don't limit yourself to your five favorite scriptures. Let's, let's be a full gospel people. The whole word. Now, there's teaching that's gone around in past years that said, you know, we don't need the Old Testament anymore. They're, they're crazy. If we didn't need it, God would have removed it. But we still need the Old Testament because the Old Testament points us to the New Testament. I can find the Old Testament, how the Old Testament gives me fullness to the New Testament. And so I can find where things matter, understanding that the book of the, the Word of God is not just a Bible. The Word of God is God's history, God's word towards us. God's trying to talk to his people. This is God's book for us. This is God's plan for our lives. His whole word is valuable to me. Read the word. Read it out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Well, nobody's speaking. Well, you speak then. You, you speak the word and you hear what you're speaking and faith will come into your spirit. 
So you've got the lamp and you've got the word. And the word's going and the lamp's going and you're starting to get revelation. And then you're coming up to the to that altar of incense, that place of the presence and the fragrance of God. When you begin to get closer and closer to God's presence, there is a fragrance. There is a smell. There is a residue that's in the air where you know that you're meeting with God. There's a weightiness that begins to come in. This is it's called the anointing. I, I use the word anointing. People use the word anointing so flippantly and they use it so loosely they don't understand what the anointing is. There's a weight when the anointing comes in. There's a weight when the presence of God comes in. The anointing is not something I can just quote and say, well, I'm anointed today. No, you're not. You, you're gifted, but you're not anointed. The anointing is something. There's a weight of God's presence that begins to settle in on you, begins to settle in your home, begins to settle in your circumstance. And that weight of God's presence is the anointing. That is the thing that you're looking for. That's the thing you want. Understand, this is Samuel. Samuel was familiar with these items. And I use that word familiar in a very careful way because I think some people can be familiar, but familiarity can breed contempt. Some people can be familiar, but they're not reverent. Samuel was reverent in those things. And God wants a reverence in his house. He wants a reverence in the word. He wants a reverence with the Holy Spirit. He wants a reverence in his presence. There's a reverence. We should be familiar, but it should not become familiar to us in a way that we just kind of go, yeah, I just walk in anytime I want and do whatever I want. You know, you might do that in your parents' home. You might walk in the doors anytime you want and say, hey, I'm home because you're familiar. You've lived there and now you moved out and now you're going back and your parents are like, who's coming to my house? Oh, it's me, Dad. You know, I haven't been here in three years, but here I am and I just walk in. I'm familiar. I know it's my dad's house and my mom's house. I can walk in. That's familiarity, but there's a reverence, a respect that God wants in his house. And we've lost some of that. Which takes us to, as you step into that veil of intimacy, and you come into that veil of intimacy and into the ark of God. The ark of God is where God speaks to us. He said, I've, I've rent the veil, and I've given you access as kings and priests. So God's given you access into his throne. But just because he gave you access doesn't mean you're, you're there. You know, you still have to pay the price. I can have access to a lot of things, but there's a price I have to pay to get through to that place. I can have access to an airplane, but I'm going to have to pay the price to get on that plane. I'm going to have to pay the price to go through TSA. I'm going to have to pay the price to get where I need to go. I just can't just walk on any plane I want to go. And you can't just walk into God's presence without all the pieces. Again, it's not something that I do religiously. It's something that I engage in with my spirit, man. And I'm saying, okay, God, I come in with praise. I come in knowing that you're my Savior. You're my Lord. And if he's not your Savior, your Lord, you need to make him your Savior and Lord today so you can say that. I come in with thanksgiving for all that you've done. I come in, cleanse my heart. I come in, I spend time with the Holy Spirit, illuminate my mind, pray in the Spirit. I pray the Word. I spend time with the Word. I spend time asking and seeking the anointing, seeking God's weighty, manifest presence of God. And then I come in before the ark of God. 
And then that's the place where God can speak to me. That's, that's what I'm talking about, the process. Because that's where God wants to show you some things. That's where God wants to speak to you. When you come and stand before God and you really want to hear God's voice, two things are going to happen. Number one, God is going to reveal himself to you. When God begins to reveal himself to me, I'm blown away. There's things that God wants to reveal about himself to me that I haven't seen yet. No man can handle all there is of God. No man on earth can handle everything there is to know about God. Even Moses, as close as he was to God, God turned his back on him because he couldn't even reveal everything about himself. We can't handle, but we can handle bits and pieces. And he wants to reveal himself to us. But here's a great thing that takes place. As God begins to reveal himself to us in that place, he begins to reveal us to ourselves. Some of us struggle with identity because we don't know who we are. And we don't know who we are in Christ. We know who the world says. We know who mom and dad say. We know who our teachers think. We know what our doctors think. We know what our friends say. We know what social media says. We know what Satan says. But we don't know what God says. And when you get in God's presence, he reveals you to yourself. He gives you your identity. Some of us, the struggle that we're having is we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. And we're looking for identity, and we're looking for purpose, and we're looking for, God, who am I, and what have I called? Because the reason people jump to all these other identities is because they don't know who they are in Christ. Once you know who you are in Christ, there's no need to jump to another identity. I'm not trying to, I'm not looking for fulfillment in another identity, because my fulfillment comes through Christ. My fulfillment comes through Christ. But when I have to search other identities, that means I don't have enough of Christ living in me. And it doesn't make you a bad person. You just need more of Christ. You need more of Christ's love. You need more of Christ's grace. You need more of his mercy. You need more of his presence to teach you, to show you who you are. You might be surprised who you really are. You might be one of the greatest soul winners to ever hit this earth. You might be one of the greatest um, ministers of the gospel. You might be one of the greatest scientists. You might be one of the greatest lawyers that would, that would actually tell the truth. You might be somebody that could make a difference in this world. I'm sorry, I'm just... Words go in and words come out. But sometimes we struggle because we don't know who we are. The place of identity is not determined by my father, is not determined by my mother, is not determined by my wife or my children. My place of identity is determined by my father right there. He determines who I am. And I can be at peace knowing that what he's called me to do, what he wants me to do, I can do. And I'm at peace. But it's a process. And as Samuel was in that room... And it says that he was in that place, in the temple, and God would call him Samuel, Samuel, and he didn't know the voice of God. He wasn't familiar with the voice of God. It's okay if you're not familiar, but you can be. He just wasn't familiar with the voice of God. He didn't know the Lord. See, we, we're New Testament people. If you look at verse 7, verse 7 said he didn't even know God like that. He didn't even know God. So he wasn't going to know. He served in God's 
temple, and he didn't even know God. How many people serve in God's temple and don't even know God? There's lots of people who serve in God's place, temple, who serve in church who don't even know God. Much less hear his voice. You don't even know God. You don't even have a relationship with God. And it's not just people that are serving and ushering or doing tech. Or There's people in the pulpit. There's people leading worship don't even know God. When you know God and you have a relationship with God, there are certain things you won't do. There are certain things that you will not allow to come into your life. When you see, you know, I, I, I love pastors, I love the church, and I mean this with all my heart. I pray for pastors all the time. I pray for the church all the time. Because Christ loves the church, I love the church. And it's an imperfect church. It's got lots of spots and lots of wrinkles. It's got lots of problems. I'm not talking about old age. I'm talking about lots of issues. It's got lots of issues. It's got lots of dark spots in a bad way. Lots of sin issues, things that are going on that are not healthy. And when you see a pastor or a leader that falls to the ground and, and he and sin, you know, I, I watched some of these documentaries. I just watched one yesterday of, of uh, one that just came out a couple days ago of a very, very popular man. And uh, I, I was listening to him, and he's talking. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, he doesn't even know me. He doesn't even know me. I, I look, he doesn't even pray. Because you'd never say that if you didn't pray. If you prayed, you wouldn't say that. You can tell some, they don't even pray. They, see, just because somebody has a title or somebody has a position or somebody has a gift doesn't mean they know the Lord. Samuel had a calling. He didn't know the Lord. Eli's sons had a title. They didn't know the Lord. You can have a title. You can have a position. Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you listen to because you could end up listening to somebody that will harm you, somebody that will disappoint you. You know, I'm always saddened, and I mean this with all my heart. I'm always, always saddened when a minister falls because I know there's going to be certain people that are attached to that ministry that are going to fall too. And I'm begging you, do not put ministers on a pedestal. Do not admire ministers. Do not put me on any pedestal. The only one that we should be admiring is Jesus. It's the Holy Ghost. It's Father God. Stop admiring all these guys because you're going to end up, they're going to hurt your heart. And they've hurt a lot of hearts. And I, 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 I can't imagine. That's one of the things that keeps me going the right direction is because I don't want to hurt God's heart and I don't want to hurt your heart and I don't want to hurt my wife's heart and I don't want to hurt my kid's heart and I don't want to hurt the people of God and I don't want to hurt the church 
that's because I want to keep a relationship. But I understand that that quick I could lose my relationship with God. I can choose to walk away. I can choose to not talk to him. I can choose to have a hard heart. I can choose to be busy. I can choose to rely on my gifts. See, gifted people are blessed, but gifted people are also dangerous. You're dangerous to the body of Christ, but you're dangerous to yourself. Because you can actually believe the hype when you're not even praying. You're not even talking to God. You don't even remember the last time you and God had a powwow. You don't even remember the last time you spent 45 minutes praying in the Spirit and crying out to God to fill you with a fresh new anointing. You don't remember the last time that you heard God's voice speak to you directly. You're so gifted. There's some people that are so gifted that they can do what they do, whether they're singing, whether they're musicians, whether they're preachers, whether they're teachers, whatever they do, they're so gifted in doing what they do, but they don't have to rely on God. And it's a deception that is not true. You do need to rely on God because the more you stop relying on God to do what you do, the further behind you will get. It can even be secular things. It can even be things in this world. Everything we do, we're supposed to do for God. Every job you have is supposed to be under. You know, when you hear from God, let's say whatever job you have right now, whatever that job is, you can do it under your gift or you can do it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Which one do you think is going to be better? You can actually be better than your gift. What is better than your gift? The Holy Ghost. What is better than your gift? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's always going to be better than your gift. God is always going to be better. He gives us gifts, but he wants us on a daily basis to take our gifts, lay them at the altar of God. What do you want to do today, God? What's on your agenda today? It's not about my gifts. It's not about me, but it's about your assignment. What do you have for me? I, I, I don't mind a five-year plan, a three-year plan, a two-day plan. I don't mind any of those things. Whatever your plans are, are great. It's wonderful that you have plans and keep making plans. But at the end of the day, keep laying those plans at the altar. Because God may change it. And God may say, you know what, I want to take you a different direction. And that's okay. But God, I spent all this money doing this. So what? God knows what it was for. God knows why you did. If the Holy Spirit's leading you and the Holy Spirit's giving you that peace, that joy, that clarity, then you follow the Spirit of God. Understand that His ways are perfect. And when we get ourselves enamored with preachers, with teachers, with musicians, with singers, and we follow them more than we follow God, we're in trouble. If you're going to admire something about somebody... Admire their prayer life. Admire their relationship with the Lord. But don't admire their gift. Don't, don't do that to them. And don't put them on a pedestal. Because I don't want anybody thinking that I'm their Savior. I'm not your Savior. Jesus is your Savior. Jesus is the only one that can change you. I can't change your life. Jesus can change your life. Jesus is your hope. I am not your hope. I'm just a servant to help bring him to you. I'm a conduit. It doesn't start with me. It flows through me. Some people think it starts with me and flows out. It doesn't start with you and your gift and flow out. It starts with him and flows through you and it flows out. That's the challenge that we have because some people walk up and they have nothing to offer but their gift. 
And after a while, frankly, gifts get old. They just do. They get old. It's like, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, whatever. But the anointing never gets old. And the anointing is ageless. The anointing crosses all generations. The anointing crosses all races. The anointing crosses all people sizes, heights, short, tall, skinny, fat. It don't matter who you are. The anointing could go anywhere, anyone, anytime. You can have somebody 70 years old that's been in the ministry for 50 years and that have all knowledge but have no anointing. And you can have somebody 20 years old that's full of the anointing of the Holy Ghost and has more power in them, not because of their experience or their gifts, but because they rely on the Holy Spirit every single day. And as Samuel began to wait on God and he realized, let me show you what, what happened with Samuel. We see that Samuel... God spoke to Samuel, and he kept going to Eli. Verse, let's turn it over to verse uh, 8. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he's called him three times. You know what's great about that? God will keep calling you. God will keep calling you. You know, say, you know don't listen to anybody who says, well, God called you once. That's all he's doing. Mm-mm. God's very faithful. He'll keep calling you. And so he called a third time, and so Samuel arose, went to Eli, and he said, here I am. For did you call me? And Eli perceived now that the Lord had called the boy. Eli should have known better, but Eli was, again, struggling with God. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lay down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in the place. And now the Lord came and stood and called at us other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Once I get into the presence of God, I can hear the voice of God. God's presence most of the time comes before his voice. So I want to hear God's presence. How much time are you going to put in to hear his voice? I want to hear God's voice. I want to hear God's voice. How much time? Well, I don't know if I got a lot of time. You know what? How many of you have smartphones? You all have them. I know you do. You don't have to put your hands up. You can actually go on your, don't do it now, but you can actually go on your phone and see how many hours a day you spend on social media. Oh, my is right. There's some big days. Some of us spend four hours, five hours, six hours. I don't have time to pray. Let's take the time you spend on social media Let's spend the, take the time you spend on Google. Let's spend the, take the time you spend on the Internet. And let's see if that frees up a few dozen hours for you to be able to pray and to hear God's voice. You, we all have more time than we think. We just allow the enemy to tell us we don't have time. If the enemy tells you you don't have time, just please understand that's another lie and you're being lied to, you do have time. You get off social media, get off the music that you're listening to, get off the, the stuff that you're watching, and start talking to the Lord. You can talk to the Lord while you're driving. You can talk to the Lord while you're at work. You can talk to the Lord while you're at your lunch break. You can talk to the Lord all different times. You can be talking. You can be praying in the Spirit. You know what's great about praying in the Spirit? You can do it anywhere, everywhere. 
You can pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Well, Pastor, don't I need an interpretation? No, you don't. That's specifically for a certain service, certain times. But praying in the Spirit, Jude tells us in the book of Jude that we can pray at all times. We can build ourselves up in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And you can pray in the Spirit at all times. You can be praying in the Spirit. Prepare yourself. God, what do you want to do? But we have time. But I need to hear the voice of God. And when Samuel answered God, I love this in verse 10. And he answered God and says, speak for your servant hears. One of the greatest joys of every believer, one of the greatest joys of every believer is being able to say, God spoke to me. It is one of the great joys of serving God. Because once God speaks to me, then God can show me what to do. So God, how do I handle this boss? So God, how do I handle this job? So God, how do I handle this uh, marriage? How do I handle my finances? How do I handle my children? God, what do I do today? What's the plan for today? Once, once you can hear God's voice and you know the process and the pattern with reverence, you know how to step into God's presence, God will speak to you. Because God kept saying, Samuel, Samuel. And I promise you, God's saying your name, Steve, Steve. He's calling to you. Just like that, what Noah talked about earlier, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. He knows your name. He can call your name. God is not scratching your head and going, now who are you again? Now what is your name again? In fact, not only does he know your name, he may know your new name that he wants to give you, your new identity that he wants to pour into you. Sometimes you just need an encounter to be able to show you. He knows you. And what Samuel did that was so great that sometimes we forget to do in our prayer times is Samuel stopped and he said, speak. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. You know, a lot of times, and I say, I say this all the time because we, we struggle with this. We bring our list to God. Well, here's my list. Well, God, I got my list. And when I'm done, I close up my list. I'm good. I prayed my prayers. But that's not prayer. It's just not. Prayer is a conversation. And do you realize you may have a list, but do you realize God has a list? What's on God's list today? What's on God's list? What does he want to talk about? He might have five or six dozen things to talk to you about. Are you willing to give the time to listen to his thoughts? What is on your mind, God? What do you want to talk about today? What are you thinking about? You know, sometimes I, 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 I'm reminded of, of Peter standing with, the, with Jesus and Moses, and Isaiah, and he's looking, and, he's, and, he's, and Peter's saying all these things. You know, we should build these temples, and we should do this. And God just looks at Peter and says, shut up. Stop talking. Stop talking, Peter. You have no idea what you're talking about. Knock it off. Thanks for the idea, but I'm not listening. And then God begins to speak. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. Stop talking and listen. 
I know there's some people, you can't even have quiet in your house. You need to turn off the TV. You need to turn off the music. It's Because music and TV and all that stuff will bring confusion to your hearing. Well, I don't like it quiet. Well, with God, you need to learn to like it quiet. Quiet's not bad. Quiet's good. The reason why some, notice I said some, people don't like quiet is because they're being harassed by demons, and so they'd rather have noise that drowns out the demons rather than listen to the voice of God. Quiet is not wrong. Now, you could turn the, t- you could turn the TV on. You could turn the music on. Good music, good TV. I'm not saying that's evil. But understand, sometimes the reason we want to drown out stuff is because we don't want to deal with stuff. And it's a lot easier if you deal with stuff with God. You know, it's so much better if I deal with God in the privacy of my home. It's so much easier. I'd rather have God and I struggle in my home than in front of the whole church. I'd rather have a conversation because likely that conversation is going to take an hour or two because I'm hard-headed. Sometimes I can be hard-hearted and he's got to break down my heart and he's got to break down my pride and he's got to break down my attitude and he's got to break down all my reasons why I can't forgive that person or why I can't do what he's asked me to do and he's got to keep coming at me and I've just got to thank God that he does. He loves me so much that he goes, Steve, I know you said that, but you're wrong. Here, I'm going to take you down this road, and you're going to go down this, and here's what you're going to do. I want to hear God's voice. I want to know his voice. And in the days we're living, if you don't know God's voice, you're going to be confused. You're going to be duped. You're going to be lied to. You say, well, I thought they were telling me the truth. I need to be able to discern that's from the Lord, that's not from the Lord. That's from God, that's not from God. I need to be able to discern more than just because I know the Bible. Even people who know the Bible will be deceived. I've got to know the voice of God that says to me, there's a problem. See, as you're watching this guy, he doesn't know me. He doesn't have the power of God working in his life or whatever it is. You want to know, and that should give you too. Let me say this. Don't let it be a point of pride. Let it be a point of prayer. Say, God, give me a heart to pray for that man, to pray for that woman. Give me a heart because you love them and you want what's best for them. I'm not saying this is a point of pride. There's some days I'm wrestling with God. I'm struggling with God. I'm I'm dealing with a whole lot of things that are trying to harass me too. I get that. But there's got to be a depth of God. There's got to be a relationship with God that is able to speak to you and able to say, Steve, Steve, And I've got to be able to say, speak, God. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? But I don't get that unless I go through the process. I just can't come in after a good Sunday morning church service and say, speak, God. Because there might be pieces in me I don't want to surrender. I don't want to deal with that pride. I don't want to deal with that sin. I don't want to deal with that unforgiveness. I don't want to deal with that hurt. I don't want to deal with it. And God says, I want you to deal with this. And as you deal with it, he'll begin to open further revelation. He'll begin to open further understanding. And he'll begin to heal some of those areas. God knows 
God knows how to heal you better than I do. God knows how to deliver you better than I do. God knows how to save you better than I do. God knows how to save your children better than you do. God knows how to reach them better than you can ever reach them. God knows who to put in their path. God knows who to send. It might not even be you that leads them to Christ. Who cares who leads them to Christ? As long as they come to Christ, it don't matter. But I wanted to be the one, Pastor. I wanted to be the one to lead them to Christ. Well, you may or may not be, but as long as they come to Christ, it doesn't matter. Why does it have to be you? It has to be Jesus. It has to be the Holy Ghost unless he draws them. It has to be him. Let Jesus do what Jesus does. Let the Holy Ghost do what he does. He loves you. My job is to hear his voice. That's my job. My assignment for the day, my assignment for the week. What do you want me to do? What am I supposed to preach today? I was telling a bunch of people recently, I, I work by assignments now. I just work by assignments. What's my assignment? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And when that assignment's over, I go to the next assignment. And it gives me such peace because I'm not striving anymore. I can feel like, all right, I just work by assignment. Oh, you want me to go over here for a week? Sure, I'll go over there for a week. Oh, what's our assignment? We're doing this? All right, let's go do that. I want to work by assignment. What's my assignment with the Lord this week? Let's stand this morning. When you ask God to speak, make sure you tell him you're listening. Lord, speak. I'm listening. Because that's important. You need to listen. Quiet yourself. If other voices come, tell them to stop. Tell them to stop. I've been saying this all week, it feels like. I've been talking to people you know, if you get harassed in your mind, use your mouth to stop it. I command that voice to stop in Jesus' name. I tell it in Jesus' name. I'm not going to think that way anymore. No, I'm not doing that. I refuse to do that. Speak it out loud and tell it to stop. Leave you alone. Sometimes we spend so much time thinking and not enough time talking. Open your mouth and begin to declare the goodness of God. If Satan says you're going to die, say, I'm not going to die, I'm going to live, and I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. And you declare what God's saying. And if you don't know what to say, say, Lord, this was just coming to my mind. I don't know if it came from Satan or from myself. What do you want me to say? He'll give you a word. He'll give you a scripture. He'll show you what to do. Counter the enemy with your mouth. We overcome by our word. The word, you have to speak. We waste too much time just thinking. Even when I'm waiting on God, I have to tell my mind, stay on the Lord, stay on the Lord. Stop thinking of this, stop thinking of that. You will listen to the Lord today. Just keep your mind on the Lord. Bow your heads with me. If you don't know Jesus Christ, today is absolutely the day you can receive Christ. He loves you. Maybe you can even hear him calling you saying, come on, it's time to give your life to me. If that's you today and you know that Jesus Christ needs to be the first in your life, you want to give your life to Christ, you just lift your hand. You're not serving Christ, but you want to serve Christ. I want to give you an opportunity. If you're in the balcony, if you're on the floor, 
if that's you, if you want to give Christ your, your, your life, you want to serve Christ with all your heart, maybe you want to come back to Christ, maybe you, you have run away from Christ and you want to come back home to Christ, I want to give you a chance. Lift your hand. Say, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to come back home. I'm not really serving Christ. Pastor, I can't even tell you the last time I prayed. I can't even tell you the last time I did this or that. You need to come back to Christ. If that's you, just lift your hand. If that's you, I want you to come down real quick. In the next 10 seconds, I want you to stand in front of me and, and publicly declare, I want to serve Christ. You're making a public declaration. I want to serve Christ. I'm not ashamed. I'm proud that I want to serve Christ. I'm proud that I'm going to give my life to Christ. If that's you and you say, I'm giving my life to Christ, I want you to make that. Don't matter who's standing next to you. I don't care. They're not determining you're going to your, your destiny. Jesus is determining your destiny. But you want to serve Christ. Just come up real quick, and I'll, I'll pray with you to serve Christ. Anybody? Come on. Bless you. Stand right here. Just face me. Anybody else, you want to serve Christ? You want to give your life to Christ today? God loves you a lot today. Maybe this was just for you today. That's how much he loves you. He really does love you. We're going to pray. And just ask God to forgive us and ask Jesus to be the Lord of our life. You ready? Congregation, join with us. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me for my sins. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I choose today to serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for being there for me. From this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.